Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Hey, S, how's it going? <laughs> How are you? I'm good. It is a lovely sunny day in Toronto right now. It is so beautiful. I'm living for this weather. Walking into spring like, mm, 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 mm. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. So we ended up having Chelsea and Abby on Girl on Girl for this episode, and we're so excited for you guys to meet them because- Yay! They are two lovely women from Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. And they have their own podcast called The Catch-Up. They're so funny. They're, they both have such vibrant personalities, like so infectious. You can tell they're just best, best, best friends. And they are both in the queer community. And they're both actors. They're both directors. Just like content creators, makeup artists. Like they have so many talents. As Girl bosses. Going- they're boss bitches. As they were going through, I was like, when do, when does the list of like skills you have end? Like it just never ended. I was like, okay, cool, cool. I can talk into a microphone, but that's about it. Chelsea actually found me and Purse on a video that <laughs> that we recorded for Purse's channel. So then she discovered our podcast and she reached out and just said that she really enjoyed the pod and we kind of got talking and you know, she just openly came out last year so this is she's like just really diving into the queer community and we just wanted to talk to them about their stories but also what it's like to be queer in the south in the bible belt abby grew up in missouri chelsea grew up in tennessee oh yeah and we go into all of that and personally for me i was very very shocked because i know there's things we hear about especially in those types of areas in the bible belt but because actually talking to someone and really hearing it firsthand you know you can read a bunch of like whatever that you see online and you kind of have this perception of the south but hearing these two girls who are not very they're not different from sarah and i just our growing up experiences and our exposure to queerness was there were some similarities but also like some major differences i found at least for me growing up in a a much more open-minded type of area and then being in Toronto, which is so liberal. For sure. And I think even like Purse, you went to a Catholic school and so did Abby. And Abby tells some stories about being in the Catholic school and the types of things that went on in terms of just blatant homophobia, like not even subtle, just straight up in your face, being gay is wrong and and here's why, and anyone who seems like they might be gay, we're gonna shame them. I just thought that was an interesting comparison considering that you went to Catholic school too, and you experienced a lot of that just in religion class, but like just 
Oh, on a totally different scale than what Abby described. That was really shocking. Yep. So um, we encourage you guys to keep up with their podcast as well. And you can find them on anywhere you can find podcasts, basically. Yes. And you can find them on Instagram as well. We'll drop their um, handles in the description for this podcast. So you can go check them out. They post a lot of great content and they're trying to create content that features LGBTQ plus um, people in leading roles, in behind the scenes roles. So they're really trying to push the community forward in Nashville. And anyone who is listening to this who lives in the Bible Belt or just lives in a place where there's not a lot of representation or where they feel like they don't have safe spaces or um, a community to turn to. Abby and Chelsea both said, like, turn to us. We got you. We got resources. We got places you can go. We got the right clubs you can go to after COVID, obviously. But I think their stories are really inspiring and I'm excited for everyone to hear them. Me too. And their energy is very infectious, like you said. So we're very excited to dive into this episode and we hope you guys like it. Yes. Enjoy. Hey guys! Hi! <laughs> I'm so happy we're finally talking. We're so excited to have you guys on. Oh, we're excited to be on. So guys, tell us uh, how you connected with us. Okay, so funny story. I am a big fan of Fletcher. And if who anyone who doesn't know who Fletcher is, you need to know. Because she's, she's amazing. Um, but no, I love Fletcher. And so a lot of her stuff pops up on my YouTube feed. And it was a video that you and Persis did of a reaction to, I think it was some of her music videos. And I, it popped up and I was like, oh, cool, something about Fletcher. So I watched it and I loved Jill's dynamic. And then uh-huh. obviously your commentary on the, on the videos. And I'm like, okay, Persis, I really didn't know it was your channel at first. I just saw you too. And then I yeah. watched your, more of your content. I was like, oh shit, this is like content that I really need. And also that you react to a lot of people that I love too. So um, Fletcher, <laughs> Dina Lovato, yeah, girl. Spears, but also more of the LGBTQ plus content I love. So that's kind of all like how I came across from YouTube. And so I guess I really got to <clears throat> give Fletcher thanks. Like thank you Fletcher <laughs> for bringing me to these ladies and their yeah. content. And We have so many things to thank Fletcher for. So many things. Oh my gosh. Persis wanted to record that and we were living together at the time. And so she kind of, she kind of was just like, do you want to sit here and record it with me? And I was like, sure. It was kind of a fluke. And then it ended up going really well. Like a lot of people responded to it, just like you, Chelsea. And then we recorded another one that did really well. And people just wanted the Fletcher content, clearly. I mean, because she's a babe. Like, don't even get me started. Yeah, she is stunning. <laughs> Fletcher, if you see this, whatever, listen, you should go on a date with Persis and me. Yeah, the three of us. Or just make it a group thing. It'll be like The Bachelor. <gasps> but just with Fletcher, like Tila Tequila, but Fletcher only. <laughs> and no men, no men. <laughs> Man, I think that's funny you brought that up because I was telling Chelsea, I was like, I think I had my spiritual awakening when I saw Tila Tequila's like by, you know, dating show. And I was oh, like, yeah. this is allowed. Okay, so Chelsea- a lot of sexual moments anyways oh we can we're gonna get into that oh yeah we're gonna get into that for sure but first tell us where do you guys live and what do you do I'm originally from Missouri but I live here in Nashville now I have since 2013 and I got my start as an actor so that's what I did um, in school I studied acting I was gonna get my degree in theater and acting 
I decided because of where I was going to school, things just kept happening that showed me I don't want to be here. I don't enjoy being here. So I, my, one of my professors took me under a wing and said, start a business plan of something you think you could do and let's work on it. And she helped me start and work on the whole thing. And so now I, um, I did makeup for a while only. And I would do everything behind the scenes. And I did an article where somebody coined me the behind the scenes queen. So now like I use that for everything because that explains what I do. I do it all. I feel like it's kind of a coordinator slash creative directing, but yes, I would like to call myself a creator yeah. and um, a fashion guru, I guess. Cool. You're a multi-hyphenate. Does it all. She does everything. Yes. Oh, but let me say one thing. I do, I have been getting into writing and directing films. And one of my biggest admissions with that is to get women, and that's all women, not just cis women, but give women lead roles yes. in, in film, and all LGBTQ plus have roles behind the scenes and in the, in the film, and that's just a fairly big goal. Like, it's a huge, it's a, it has a place in my heart to try to get that to happen, so Chelsea here has been the star of a lot of those. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's amazing. Talks me up way too much. Makes me sound like this special person. She I is. love that. That's so cool that you guys can work together like that. For me, I was born and raised in Nashville, outside a little. Well, I was born in a small town outside of Nashville, a little bit more conservative, conservative town. Um, but then I moved to Nashville, and I do acting. I'm behind the scenes. I do directing, producing, writing. Um, a little bit on the modeling side whenever she needs me to model for something. You know, it's not my thing, but if she needs me, I'm there. Um, and just really anything creative. I went to school and got a degree. And then as soon as I got my degree, I kind of told my family. It was more of a fam my family pushing me into it. Mm. And so as soon as I got the degree, I was like, hey, you know what? I'm done. I can't do this. I'm miserable. I hate it. And so I've done acting ever since and haven't looked back. And did I see that you were on Vampire Diaries? Right out of high school. So I was 18. And I was going right into college. And it was probably right, it was before me and my sister started college, we got the call that we had both parts on the Vampire Diaries, which we thought was just going to be a one-time thing. And it turned into us working on the show for three, three seasons. Oh, my God. I never watched Vampire Diaries. But if I did, then I would be starstruck right now. Three seasons. Oh yeah, it was it was so surreal for us because we had been fans of the show and fans of the actors and just to get a part and which it was nothing like too crazy, but the fact that what was something that was a one time thing turned into like three three years later and still working with this cast and crew, it was such an an awesome opportunity. And I at the same time I was going to, I was in college doing Tuesday, Thursday classes. And then traveling on the other days, trying to fit it all in. But and so cool to do it with your sister too. Like, what are the chances of that? Right. I have a, I have a twin sister. I don't know if y'all saw that on my thing. I think I said it to you guys before. But I have a twin sister, and we started doing acting together. Now she's a full time nurse, and I'm the actor. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. that's yeah. so awesome. It's definitely fun, but I'm kind of on the other side of the camera now. So I'm more focused on behind the scenes stuff. Although she does get booked for quite a few in front of the camera things. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah just, to, just to say, just a, just a few, just a few. Just, just a few, you know. And then how did you guys meet? When I met her, I was a little intimidated. Why? Because Why? Everyone 
seems to be intimidated by me. I don't understand. But it's so what I do, I like I want to be friends with not friends, but I want to be friendly with everyone and like right. genuinely try to get to know them. So we started talking, and I remember being like, "Oh shit, I genuinely love this person." I used to do TFP photo shoots quite a bit at that time, and I was looking for my friends to model all the time because they would let me try the most fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's have Chelsea and this other friend named Chelsea that come over, and we all did some fun looks, I believe. Right? Yeah, we were supposed to do a boudoir. Show. Yeah, we were supposed to do boudoir, but I, thought I wasn't. Happen. Yeah, that didn't happen. I wasn't involved in that. I was just gonna sit back <laughs> and watch, but. I'm thankful that, like, I, I wasn't going to go initially because I was in my fills, not wanting to do anything, and then I ended up, I changed my mind, I ended up going, and then met Abby, and I'm so thankful I did. Yeah, we've just been in, well, basically, we talk to each other almost every day. Like, yeah. We, yeah. That's a twist of fate. You weren't going to go, and then look what happened when you did. Every time something like that happens, I find like when I convince myself to do the thing, it ends up being like a great time or a great night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if it's not like you just move on with your life, but the what could have been, I mean, I have always have major case of FOMO, but even like, I think we've talked about this before purse, like the night I met, I met my boyfriend through Persis pretty much. And we were just going to a random bonfire and I I wasn't even sure if I was going to go. It was kind of just like a very random off the cuff let's let's just do it for something to do tonight and like if i didn't go i wouldn't have met him and now we live together see you never know what you missed out on so i've always been like okay if opportunities come my way or like something like whether that's a hangout or some kind of gig i'm gonna take it because you never know what it leads to you never know who you meet so every time we meet someone that's like lgbtq like friendly we're like come here like we want to be friends (laughs) yeah yeah and that's something we wanted to talk to you guys about too is like and maybe we can get into this later, but like where you live and what that like what the queer community is like there. But I guess first, like if you each wanted to tell your story of either coming out or your experience with queerness. I think in high school, I um, was I just mentioned I went to Catholic high school and um, there was one moment we would have debates in theology class, which is like Bible class essentially, where they would try to train us to be able to defend Catholicism. It's so sick. But anyway, my, wow. my professor was also a, um, he was, he trained me a little bit in theater because he used to be a professional actor. This is getting to a point, I promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we had a debate if, if um, the LGBTQ community should be allowed to adopt children and this is something we'll talk about in our later podcast episodes. I had I had a rough background growing up. It was like I lived a double life. Like one side was really awesome, and then the other side was like very traumatic, and I still struggle with things from that this day. So I was like, if the children, if they love the children, that's what matters most. If the children are going to a loving home where they can succeed, they're they're really being built up to succeed, that's all that matters. And I this guy, even my professor, he knew he, he knew my background. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna say this either. He didn't agree with me and neither did anyone else in that class. And that's when I first felt like, oh I'm different. Like my views are different. Mm. People say that they love everyone and they're open and that's not the thing. And that's when I it clicked and that's when I started not giving a fuck what other people thought. It's my that was my progression. And then when I finally moved to Nashville, um, I'd always been like pro LGBTQ, like open, but I never considered myself part of it except for in my life. But I got out of a um, engagement to someone in the military. But then um, I, I think I, I started exploring. I started dating, and it was more about personality than 
um, anything else. And so I, I've never wanted to put a view on it. I think I'm, I'm trying to make it, I think I'm more panned than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I came out to all of my friends and my family knows how important the LGBT community is to me, but I've never actually uh, put a label on it, even though I feel like I'm out. Everyone knows what I'm about. That's what's most important to me. They know what I'm about. They know my message. It's, I'm not going to sit there and tell my family who I date, but they, they have an issue. My, my mother, actually, I don't have a good relationship with her. I usually call her my birth giver. She, she tried to, she has a lot of demons in her closet, and she tried to tell my whole family that I was a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And I was like, first of all, you don't know the whole half of it. Second of all, I, they didn't care. They were like, we love you. Like, you are you. And if you need to have that conversation later, like, we can it's, it, it's like, why would she use that? So yeah, when I first started being more open, there were some hardships, but I, I did learn that the people who were there were going to love me and support me no matter what. Like that, because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm just a human. And like that, all that matters is like who I am and what I, like, what I'm about. Like, it just, I, I, does that make sense? Yes. It, it, oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I really, it was a learning experience coming to Nashville, even though it's so conservative here, it was more open than my hometown. There are places like play. I don't know if you've ever heard of play, but it's a club. It's a gay club in town. It's the, actually called the best dance club in Nashville. I love it. Can we go? <laughs> I want to go. Come. I want to go. Drag queens. <laughs> Oh and, my God! I want to come. And drag kings, and drag kings, and I and I just, um, I found out that was like, I I wasn't going to a very open school. It was very conservative, and that's where I found my home. I found my home of my drag queens and my gays and my lesbians. And I love that. I um, I got to explore that side of me where I could just be me, and that's that's what it was awesome. And I I never had that type of support before. <laughs> now I it's like. And now it's part of my mission, like I said earlier, to include people who are a part of everyone, honestly, but people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community, help them get their start too, because I truly believe I would not be where I am today and I would not have the little success that I had if I wouldn't have been integrated into the community here, honestly. Now I'm with Chelsea. When she came out, I was like, yes, I can set you up with the hot <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Well, I think that's like a common experience too, like whether you're in the South or whether you're in Canada, wherever you are, I think a lot of people who go from a smaller town to the city automatically, like that community is there. That's gay communities are, are very centered in urban, in urban places. And like Toronto has an, a really thriving gay community, especially in this one section of the city called the village, um, where there's like all the gay bars and it's, it's like a, a safe space for queer people to connect. And just like in any, any other city, Nashville had the same thing for you. I think that's like a common experience for a lot of queer people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I saw, I saw the head director of my theater department and he put, um, not all of our cis students up in front of all of our regular students and our, put our LGBTQ plus members up there and um, surprised all of us. And uh, it, it, honestly, this gets kind of traumatic. This really happened. The head director brought all the students up there and literally had him and two other students talk about why all of the LGBTQ plus students were wrong in what they were doing. I could never picture that happening like in oh, real time. Like that's it, what? I, it, so myself and a few other members, uh, a few other of the students in the theater department were staring daggers in this man. I, we were crying. We were just, we couldn't believe he had the nerve 
to allow all these students in the department and then rip them to shreds with the Bible. Wait, sorry. Were you one of the students that got put up in front of the rest of the students? No, because I, I hid a lot of myself from them once I learned it was not actually safe. It's comical to me that I had that I had to go through that. Like, it's very comical. I just, they preach that they're so open and they're now progressive and stuff, when in reality, that just happened in 2000, and, well, I guess a few years ago, but 2015, like, Which is still, like, soon. that's very soon. That was only, mm -hmm. like, six years ago. Yeah, they didn't even get a dance major until 2016. So, mm -hmm. like, they're very conservative. Like, they don't, no music, no dancing, no, nothing. Wow. Oh, and sorry, this was your high school, right? This was my college. Oh my God. Yeah. And the college was in Missouri or was it in Tennessee? This is, this is a Nashville college. I know which oh one you're talking God. about. And not everyone was like that, but I'm, I'm sorry, but if you, it's just, it was so wrong. It was so wrong. I can't believe some of the professors didn't do anything. You know, you would be shocked by some of the famous people who have gone to my school, but at the same time, I'm like, how did you even survive? So that's, that's, if you want any more stories, I have a lot more of like, <laughs> unfortunately, I observe a lot. So I get, I, I did see a lot of this stuff, but. Well, as an observer, that's traumatic too, right? Like whether you were sitting there in the crowd thinking like, I might be queer and I'm offended by this or not. It, you're still observing something that's so hateful. It's going to be traumatic for everyone in the whole room. Yeah. I mean, I left. I don't know how those other kids stayed and got their degrees. I really don't because I was so uncomfortable. I'm so sorry wow. you have to go through that. Yeah, me there's too. just no words. I oh, can't it's okay. It. Thank you very much. I think, you know, karma is a bitch. And that's yeah. right. I love your story because we actually, me and Purse, um, we recorded an episode recently about labels and just like the idea of fluidity and the idea of not having to adhere to a label if you don't identify with it. And um, I think your story just like is a very great example of that. Just kind of allowing yourself to like whoever you like, whether you identify as pansexual or not, and how some people aren't going to understand that, but the people who really love you will support you no matter what. Yeah, they'll support exactly. who you love, who you who you like. That's all that matters. It's your yeah, life. exactly. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. And then Chelsea, what about you? Oh goodness. Okay, let's get into it. <laughs> Because yours was like this year or last year, right? Yeah, well, technically came out publicly. Uh, my core group, the people that know me, uh, have known for quite some time. It's not something I, try, I tried to hide. So I was born and raised in a small town outside of Nashville. Very conservative, very strict ways. I went to church every Sunday. I was, I don't want to say I was made to, but it was part of just how I was raised. And so I had all these like strong uh, strict values like instilled in me for quite some time and then it wasn't really until high school that I started to battle with all like how I was raised and what I was actually feeling inside and what I was actually like I actually like didn't fully believe in the ways that I was raised for quite some time but it wasn't until high school that I really made that connection and that's when I really started to like feel certain things I was starting to feel things towards like some uh some of the girls that i went to school with and it wasn't just like a crush i could actually like see something something happening i didn't pursue it i didn't embrace it i was just like feeling these things and kind of like keeping it down didn't express it because i knew it would be so conflicting to how the views that was instilled in me as a child 
and my family is very much conservative so I was fighting that within myself but fighting like trying to keep I didn't want to cause any kind of like I guess tension or weirdness in my family and it was more so of an, an internal battle too so but yeah. high school is really when it started all for me mm-hmm. I remember I had this I had a crush on this girl I'm not gonna say her name but can we give her a fake name we like to give fake names on this podcast I know y'all go with Alice <laughs> yeah but yours needs her own distinct name you should call her like a southern name like bobby joe anyways i had i had a crush on this girl bobby joe and but i had like uh this it wasn't really a relationship it was kind of like i guess it was but it wasn't serious i had i was in this relationship with a guy when i was having a crush on this girl i started to feel things i'm like um I started seeing myself like I don't really like this guy and like crushing on this this girl like I didn't really know what to think of it I really didn't think much of it and then at that time I was like kissing girls making out with girls because we like my girlfriends that I used to be close with we would always have sleepovers and that's kind of what she did whatever yeah um, and so that started happening I'm like oh well you know this is fun and that's all I thought of it for a moment and then after high school is when everything changed for me. When I was 20, I had my first full on, without details experience with a girl. Started to develop feelings for her because it became this routine. We were just like really good friends. One thing led to another, which led to a routine, which led to feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that I like loved her, but like not in that way, but I definitely liked what, what was happening and the feelings I was having. And I started to think about things a lot more. I'm like, why am I feeling this way? Like, I was trying to find, like, a reason for why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And there doesn't necessarily have to be a reason, but I was like, why? Like, and then I just started kind of looking inside myself and really digging deep. And I'm like, this has been here all this time. I'm just fully now, like, embracing it and kind of pursuing it a little bit, but not pursuing it. Mm -hmm. And um, I did fall in love with a girl, so that kind of, like, completely changed everything for me so like a couple years ago I got into this other thing with this girl (laughs) girlfriend what is up with me friends with benefits I think that's like a cycle for me I don't know why um but it became more than that I fell in love with her and that was like after that ended I was like I need to come out this has to be something that I publicly addressed because I can't keep this a secret any longer because it was like a secret relationship that I was in so last year, the start of the pandemic, so in March, I started having conversations with people just to kind of let them know, like, hey, this is what I'm feeling, this is where I'm at, and I'm fixing to put it out there in public. And then um, I, dropped, I dropped a post on Instagram <clears throat> a couple months before we actually did my coming out video. And so I dropped this post, and I was very subtle, but I said what I needed to say, and was basically, the extent of it was just like, me coming out but in my own way and then jump two months or so later I finally do a video I put it out there oh god it was like it was like the most liberating feeling I've ever felt um it was scary I was anxious but also very very relieved because mm-hmm. it was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders and off my chest this is something that I've struggled with for quite some time, and it was nice to have 
my secret not be so secret anymore. It was like something that I now everyone knows. And mm -hmm. after the fact, so I did it the worst possible time that you can do it. The start of the pandemic, why did I choose that timing at the worst time? <laughs> but I did it. And now like afterwards, I was kind of like, what the fuck do I do? We can't go out. I can't meet people. Who do I talk to? What do I do? Like who I was having like this, like internal crisis going on. I'm like, well, now it's out there, but I can't do anything about it. I can't necessarily pursue anything. I can't make connections like I would normally make. Yeah. Because we are on, we're on lockdown. And so I struggled for a couple months after the fact because I really didn't know what to do. I was still like so confused and conflicted, but also free in a way. It was a weird feeling, but also not knowing what to do or who to turn to. A lot, a lot of my close friends are very, they were very accepting and loving and supportive. And I knew they would be. It was a couple of my family members that really said some, some hurtful, nasty things that I won't repeat, but it really, it really messed with me. Mm -hmm. And it kind of put me back into my feels of everything. Mm -hmm. But the overall reception of it has been so open and welcoming but I did have a close friend of mine of seven years um kind of just pieced out after I came out she was the one per one of the one one like who are you two but um I'm she gonna was, go hard on her if like I talk about her <laughs> Abby is not much. a fan Oh God. No, I relate. I relate. Talk about, talk about a predator. Talk about a predator. That's like the word I use for this person. So this was a, this was a mutual friend, but I had known her for seven years. We had gone through a lot of shit together, and um, she was one of the people that was like very pushing me to be authentically myself. And as soon as I did that, she was like, "Oh no, I can't be around you because you're like you're testing my spirit. You're testing my faith. It's ungodly. You're going to hell now." Which, which, by the way, translated means you're making me a little gay. Which, well, that's what she said. She's like, I have a crush on you. I'm doing these things. And I just can't be around you. What? But, Whoa, yeah. this story just took a whole turn. Whoa. No, it's, so she's it's like, like, it was so contradictory to me. I'm like, she sounds, you, can, you can't be gay, but you can be gay with me, but still it's wrong. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm sorry. And this is what she said. And I quote, she's like, I can be happy for you if you end up with a guy, but if you end up with a girl, I can't be happy for you. I'm like, what? That you don't make sense for one, two, that's. But isn't it like a pretty common thing historically that people who are queer secretly like closeted will be like very very homophobic and very religious and like throw religion in people's faces to hide their own um gayness I even told her that like I said that I was like it sounds like you have something that you're struggling with that you're projecting on me and it's not right to do that I was like you've been someone that has been in my corner for seven years and then as soon as I speak my truth you can't have my back like what's up with that I just don't tolerate the homophobicness especially when you are Chelsea's a wonderful, wonderful person. Mm -hmm. Like I look at Chelsea and I'm like, you are just, you are a light on this earth and we need more people like you. And um, I'm not worried about anyone else's sexual, you know what I mean? I'm not worried about who, who you're, I'm, ha I'm just happy if you find someone that loves you. Right. And That's all that matters. Like, and so day. I can't imagine her being so concerned 
Um, I didn't, this was the last person I expected any of that from. Mm -hmm. And so it really was like a shot to my heart. And so I have, I have, in which I've always looked at it as a downfall, but I have such a big heart and it's, I can easily get manipulated and easily get hurt because I'm so like loving. You want to see the best in people. Yeah. She's a Libra purse. (laughs) Classic Libra. (laughs) Exactly. No, Chelsea, I relate to you. Um, in that sense, I feel like I as well can sometimes like ignore like certain red flags in that sense. And it's easy. Like I can be very impressionable and I think I've learned from that. And obviously I, it seems like you have too, but it was an experience and you take it as a learning experience. Also, I think Purse has experienced that. I think the point you made about how you're, how that girl, maybe she thought that it was a phase for seven years. And then when you came out publicly, she was like, oh my God, this is real. I think Persis has also experienced that. She's, she's told stories before about people just, if she came out, there were a lot of people who assumed maybe it was just a phase. Um, And even like she came out publicly as well Mm -hmm. in a video on the internet, just like you. I think you guys have a lot of similar stories. And Mm -hmm. that that whole idea of phase is so interesting to me as a straight person to project that onto someone who's just trying to tell their story. It's really hard to wrap my head around that. And I think it's interesting you both experience something along those lines. The fact that someone can take someone's authenticity and their truth and turn it into just being some kind of phase is just mind blowing to me. Like, I've never understood why people said that or why people say that and then use it against you. When it comes to these kind of things, I always try to put myself in, like, for example, Persis's shoes. I'm a little bit more cautious now <laughs> who I let into my life and how open I let my heart be with people. But mm. I, I, I spoke my truth and if people don't like it. That's their problem. And I'm trying to just take the negativity as it comes and just don't focus on it as much and just be myself. My truth, my truth is out there and I am happy that it is. So like I said, it's not my problem. If people don't like it, peace out, like goodbye. <laughs> I'm not 100%. Yeah. And that's a hard perspective to get to, but, and yeah. you t- it took some bullshit for you to get there, right? You had to deal with a lot of bullshit yeah. first, but the fact that you're there now is amazing. And mm-hmm. like, I feel like maybe being in Nashville is probably helpful too. Like, is there, what's the queer community like in Nashville? Do you feel like you have people you can lean on? Obviously Abby, but like, are there people you both can lean on? Is there a cool community there? Do you feel supported? Do you feel included? So growing up, not so much, like the community was very much small or was, there was not a lot of representation, but now like the times that we're in now, a lot more things are progressive. Thank gosh. Um, but the community, I'm starting to get more involved in the community. So I, when I came out, a couple of my uh, girlfriends that I actually went to high school with are in the community too, but they haven't come out and they're like, you're giving me inspiration to come out. So now I have people that I went to school with that are very much in the same position that I am. And so now I get to be like on a deeper level with them. And I, we're all trying to get more out there in the community, but the community is growing here. I'm starting, I'm trying to learn myself and get more involved. And I'm excited to see where it leads me to, but 
it's definitely grown over the years for sure. But the salon I work at, I wanted to mention, it's called the Hideout Salon and Lounge, and it is the most inclusive, friendly salon I ever. Love it. It's opened a lot of doors for me, and like, and I feel like Chelsea, mm -hmm. the community is really good. There are a lot of non-binary folks there. There are a lot of um, LGBTQ folks there, if not all, everyone that works at the salon. Um, there are also a lot of married ladies that work there who are just very open. We love it. And so we love the Hideout Salon and Lounge. <laughs> I think it's going to propel Nashville even further into the community mm -hmm. with Nashville Scene because mm -hmm. that magazine is amazing. And so it is growing. It just is kind of scraggly. It's kind of like spread out right now. It used to be really small. So, okay. but no, mm -hmm. I'm just saying. And, I, progress. Like, and I, I don't want to put myself like, I don't, I never see myself on a pedestal or anything like that. But when I came out, my story has I've received messages, not just from people that I grew up and went to school with, but people that are just now starting to learn about me. Uh, now they're inspired to come out and speak their truth. So I'm hoping like more people to do that and it becomes like this even bigger community. And that's always the thing, right? Like you'll, you'll be that person for someone no matter yeah. what. And like, that's exactly what would help me come to terms with myself. I was looking at people's coming out stories and relating to them. And it's like, it's beyond like how much it can resonate with other people. So you're having a huge impact. Right. And it's, it's, that's amazing. And that's you just living your truth. That's yeah. you being you and you're helping so many people. Well, how is the uh, community re representation there in Canada? You said y'all live in Toronto, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Purse can obviously speak to this a little better than me being queer, but um, the community in Toronto is is large it's thriving it is vibrant um, pride month is is always just like a, a whole it really is like a month-long celebration it's very very rare that you would come across uh, someone homophobic in toronto it that's different if you go outside of toronto to the smaller cities where me and persis grew up um there is homophobia there there's racism there etc etc in toronto i mean i homophobia exists i rarely ever came across it um so it's a very liberal city um, toronto pride is also one of the biggest pride festivals in the world yeah it's, i want to go I <laughs> there's like a whole parade that kind of like travels all downtown so um it's primarily like it starts in the village or no it ends in the village i'm pretty sure it's kind of like throughout the whole city and you can kind of just like watch all these really cool floats there's a lot of like sponsors and People are just like dancing oh, and playing loud music. The, yeah. It's so colorful. Um, there's also a lot of like night events that happen. Mm -hmm. um, so DJs will be playing. It's, it's a time like pride is overwhelming, but in the best way possible. And you can just like sense the love from everyone in the city. It's fun. Yeah. Does Nashville have a pride parade and, or do they have like a, an equivalent to the gay village in Toronto? Oh, okay. So let me answer that question. We, we have had pride for a few years now. It hasn't been very long. We did have Lizzo like three years ago, which was really cool. What? Love Lizzo. Uh, she wasn't in the parade, but she performed. So our pride is like downtown. It's <laughs> Oh my God. I love Lizzo so much. It was quite amazing. And then she came back again. I think she came back for that following year. And that was the last time she came to Pride. So the Pride Festival is actually really fun. And it's actually really big. But 
there are lots, there's a lot of protesting. There, there is this one guy who's always there with his megaphone, who's a preacher and says horrid things. I, I'm not, and I'm like, that wasn't in the Bible. But anyway, I digress. So, but, but, <laughs> I digress. Making, making shit up. I <laughs> the, the parade is actually everyone within the community walking. Mm-hmm. So there aren't floats, but there, you'll see people walking with signs. Um, you'll see different uh, groups and organizations. Like there is a uh, the Black LGBT community that um, they they uh, raise funds for uh, during Pride. They have a table and they sell things and raise money for their their group, which is amazing because we need more activism within that part of the uh, gay community here. Oh yeah, um, and and so you know you see a lot of that representation, but no actual floats yet. We're not there yet, but there are a I don't know if they do this at your pride, but they do have a huge stage installed outdoors mm-hmm. and you, they have several like drag queens and drag queen, uh, drag kings and drag queens and a lot of other performances, which I think that's what draws the people in. I'm not going to lie. I think that's really what makes it. It's so <laughs> fun because like that, I think that was, drag was honestly, besides all of the strong gay men that are within the theater, drag was like, mm-hmm. what really, like, oh my gosh. Was like, yeah, I was actually, I was going to ask you guys about the drag community there because, well, Pride Festival in Toronto has multiple stages with mm-hmm. lots, with oh. lots of performers, basically like a schedule of performers every day of the entire like Pride oh. weekend. Um, and Purse, we've had some big, like who are some of the bigger artists that have come? We've had some like major artists come in the past few years, right? Yeah, I remember Kaylani coming in oh, Pride. Oh, I love Kaylani. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She performed at Pride 2018. We also had, t- I want to say Tanache performed. Tanache. Oh, Slumber Party. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I need is Britney to perform at Pride and I'll pass right. out. Right. That's, oh that's, that's my dream. That's my yeah. dream. I would have to, like, hold you and, like, make sure I had water nearby just in case you fainted. <laughs> I would. Oh, girl, I would fade with you. I'd be on the floor. I'd be okay. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Her and Tanache booked together. I'm like, can I see mm-hmm. this, please? But like the drag community is is really large in Toronto too. Like we have we have a just an amazing drag, like just amazing drag performers. And we just got like Drag Race Canada just started last year, I think. So we finally got our own like drag race, which yeah. Brooklyn Heights hosts. And then Brooklyn, yes! I don't know if Brooklyn Heights like almost mm-hmm. won regular like american drag race and she's yes. a Tor- she's a toronto queen i remember seeing her for the first time like when we f- when me and purse first moved to toronto so like seven years ago i saw brooklyn heights at like yeah. a small uh, gay bar called woody's and now she's like hosting drag race but the wow. the scene there I is met, like amazing oh i was just saying i i met brooklyn when i was a baby and she's really good friends with my friend jenna so anytime oh i go yeah, I, when she was working at Play consistently, she would always say hi. She probably has no, she absolutely has no idea who I am, but <laughs> she always said hi. And then Alyssa Baker, who is a photographer here, does a lot of her um, social media, like, photos and stuff. And a lot of the other queens here she does photos for. And I've gotten to work with her twice because she did photos for my friend Sophia. So I was just, like, fangirling y'all the whole time. That's <laughs> so, incredible. So Bro- Brooklyn is from Toronto. Yeah, she's a, she's a Toronto queen. I don't know if she's actually like born and raised in Toronto, but that's where she got her start and where she started performing. And it's I, I think I th- it so much. yeah, I think it's been like a ten year career for her or something. Like she's been in the game a long time. And to picture her like seeing Brooklyn at Woody's, which is like such a small like low key gay bar in Toronto. 
Yeah. So in Nashville, you said that there's a play, which is like a, a big gay bar. Is Are there more gay bars or is that kind of like the one spot where you'll go if you want to be with your queer bros and sisters? Play is, play owns Tribe, which is next door. So Tribe is like the more grown up bar where they have karaoke nights and mm-hmm. drag bingo and um, um, they have like a pool table and like it's just really fun it's more of like you sit down and you can order drinks and like chill play mm-hmm. is like the club the, the dance club. club where all the young kids want to go have like a vip right. room i flipped <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's fun it's like if you want to go and be glamorous and like wear the shortest skirt you own and just dance and have no one bother you like that's where you go the first time i went to play i was 18 oh that was a, no dude that was the first club I ever went to and my gay self my inner like my (laughs) hidden gay self was like loving it I remember it was me my sister and two of my girlfriends oh well let me tell you play is a monopoly okay not a monopoly but play wants to be the only gay bar in town but there have been a few that succeeded that battle so there's canvas which i love oh my gosh talk about hole in the wall mm-hmm. no air conditioning <laughs> just fans but that's a good one to go to i have uh, arthur there's an just artist named arthur. Oh, oh my god listen the artist arthur who he has our own walls i actually did a theater show with him when i was still a fresh actor in nashville and he had his own reality television look him up crazy dude you would love his art it's very pop arty and very cool and what's his name the lipstick lounge <laughs> what was that what's his name arthur and i think he just i think that's how you could just artist arthur nashville if you google him i think you could probably find him <laughs> but nice. he is a hoot and half like i met him at canvas one time and he threw me a balloon to blow up and it was a mini sex doll <gasps> amazing <laughs> amazing it was amazing it was so funny he's a character but and then there's Lipstick Lounge, and that, that is yes. the lesbian club, and it's amazing. Oh, so. I'll have a, yeah. When we come down to Nashville, we know, like, exactly where to go now when we come visit. Oh, come, just come hang out with us. Yeah. Give me an excuse to go do something fun. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Do, do you guys feel like okay? So Nashville has a scene. It's growing. It's flourishing. There's some awesome bars. There's some clubs. But do you feel like when you leave Nashville, is it pretty obvious that you've like left Nashville? You know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of like the in how homophobic people are. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything like the surrounding areas are very. Nashville's a lot more progressive than the surrounding area. So as soon as you leave it, you know. Oh, just so you know, Franklin, where Justin Bieber like shot one of his music videos when he was like 15. It's this like idealistic, like rich people town, like, but like Carrie Underwood lives there. They're Mm. having their first pride this year. So this is, this is their first pride. And I think that's kind of. Is that in Tennessee? That's uh, right next door to us. Right so it's like a 30 us. minute. Like, oh, we're wow. Not even it's but. like Nashville, Brentwood, Cool Springs, Franklin. But Franklin is known as like, you know, Justin Timberlake's mom lives out there in Leaper's Fork and stuff. It's like, that's where all like the bougie <laughs> rich, people. The rich people live. But I just think that's so crazy. Like there, people like try to be all progressive, you know, and then like their first time having a prize now. And it's 2021. Like, right? Yeah, that's shocking, I have to say. That's That's really surprising. (laughs) But then when I think about it, when I think about like the town I grew up in, which is a, which is like a small city two hours away from Toronto, I don't remember pride parades happening when I was growing up. And even now I'm like, wait, do we have a pride parade? So maybe it's not, maybe we might, I don't know. No one get mad at me if we do, but I've lived in Toronto for seven years, so God knows. But anyway, 
maybe it's pretty, maybe it's not as uncommon as we think for these smaller towns or smaller cities to like just be introducing pride in 2021. You're right. You're absolutely right. I could see that because even I grew up in a small town, like about an hour away from Toronto and we didn't have our own pride. It's called Whitby. Um, We would just come to Toronto pride. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, I think Nashville was the only one. Yeah, I mean, I lived close to St. Louis, but even then there, besides like the theater community, like the entertainment industry, that was the only link I had, Mm -hmm. um, like an accepting link I had. So that's a really good point. But, you Mm -hmm. know, as a kid, you think you see, you, I don't know, for me, I thought everyone was supposed to love you who you are and was so open. And like, you hear people be like, you love them no matter what, who they love. You know what I mean? They don't think that way. And that's such a, yeah, growing up and learning that it's not what it seems sucks. Is that, did you guys kind of have that vibe too, where like people like kind of didn't practice what they preached per se? I mean, that's awful. Yeah, for sure. I think like, I think the topic of religion is just like keeps coming up here, like in terms of religious, listen, practice whatever religion you want. But a lot of times with Christianity, I think what you're saying is a good point. Um, the premise behind it is like loving each other and showing love and showing respect and all of all of these nice ideals, but then a lot of the things in the Bible lead to hate. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think when like you're asking that question for us and and Purse, you might have had a different experience. But for me, I just didn't grow up a lot around a lot of religious people, so I didn't get that same like not not practicing what you preach type of type of thing. It was either like you were kind of a hateful person or you were a loving person. Um, but Purse, I don't know if you kind of experienced that. I did a little bit because I went to um, a Catholic elementary school and high school. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in the Catholic school system, but I was lucky enough to kind of be around like friends and even my family were just always like very, very open-minded and it was never like a homophobic type of environment that I was growing up in. But there were some things that were taught in like my religion classes that were very, very questionable. And like, it was very much a thing to be like, it is not okay to be gay. Like there was even this one class where, um, or our teacher was trying to say like, I don't necessarily agree with what this is saying, but this is what the Bible is saying. And I'm like, you're still like teaching us this as students. And it it was like, thou shall not, or man shall not love man or something. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they were forced with the curriculum to teach you that. It was like in the curriculum to like have a, have like a class about that. And it was just, I don't know. I never listened to it. I, I never really like, believed it. I always had my own thoughts. And at the time I was very closeted and dealing with my own feelings for a girl at the time, but I don't know. We just never really listened. That was- <laughs> I was like, okay. You were a bad religion student. I was. I actually walked into um, my religion class holding hands with a friend to like annoy my religion teacher. Um, my other friend who was a female and he was like, stop what you're doing. And I was like, if I had walked in with a boy holding hands, you would not have said anything. You would have said Mm -mm. anything. But the boys could like pretend to hug. They could kiss. Like, you know what I mean? Unless you were like- It's different. You take it as a joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like I think when guys would do that, it was a joke. Yeah. But now a lot of them, you know, life happens. And now some of them are gay. And I'm like, if only the (laughs) teachers knew the double standard. But which we love them. I love them. I've actually spoken to a lot of these people who like maybe were like rude to be like back in the day, but now they're like so gay. And I'm like, yes, another, we got another one. <laughs> we got yeah. another one. 
I feel like the bullies, the, the people who are the most homophobic are like usually a little gay. Let's just be honest. Like that, I mean, mm-hmm. that seems yep. to be the case. It always comes out later. Yeah. Yep. I kind of wanted to ask you guys, just if anyone's listening who does live in the Bible Belt or just in a place that is a little less liberal, maybe they feel like they don't have safe spaces. Maybe they're in a smaller town where they don't have like a canvas to go to, for example. Do you have any advice for like getting through that and potentially coming out if they felt comfortable? So for me, like why it took me so long to come out was because I felt so unsafe in the environment and the energy that I was surrounded by and that being because of I was raised in the Bible Belt. So if anyone is feeling that uncertainty, that unsafe, uneasy feeling and wants to come out, or if you don't want to come out and you just kind of want someone there, I, me and Abby are very avid, I guess, uh, people in this community and that we're very loving and supporting, uh, supportive. So uh, if people listen to this and they need people to talk to or just be there. And they be, need resources. They, you know, they, they're youth and they need help. There is, there is a community here. I could direct them to, we could direct them mm-hmm. to, um, to get that help. There is, I believe there is like an actual LGBTQ plus homeless, uh, group that like, well, they're not, they, they help the homeless, LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus homeless when they, if they don't feel safe because that is an issue here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the women's center. That's amazing. But yeah, we could definitely help with some resources and advice yeah. if, they, if somebody wants to. And not them. everybody has to have a coming out story. I feel yeah. like I look at this now, it's like when I was living my straight life, I didn't feel like I had to come out. Like straight people don't have to come out. So why do people in the community feel like they have to come out? I love I mean, that. it is like, Agreed. Spe- I mean, Agreed. It, it's good to speak your truth and live your truth. And I definitely feel I'm so grateful that I spoke my truth, but some people just, maybe you're scared to or they just don't want to and like everybody has their own journey and so don't I don't want anyone to feel like they have to come out because exactly like I did like I didn't I didn't have this big moment I didn't come out because I knew I didn't have like some of that support I didn't like come out like a big thing but I think some people need that they want everyone to know at that moment I think everyone who would who needed to know already knew that because I was just living my truth at the time Mm -hmm. I have everyone who like knows me like knows that's a part of me and accepts that. And um, I feel very grateful for that. I feel really good. So if you're just feeling, I'm just gonna start living life how I wanna live it, just do it and people will fall into place. You will lose some people, but the right people will stay with you. Keep watching things like this. If you don't have a community around you, make that online community. You can make Mm -hmm. online friends. You can educate yourself. And just like Chelsea has others and you both have like your story, is going to be that beacon of light for somebody. It's going to, it's going to convince somebody I can be my most authentic self and move mm-hmm. forward. So, so yeah, yeah, all the advice that I have is just be your authentic self, live your truth, speak your truth in whatever sh- way, shape or form that that's in. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a really good point about the online community like that. I mean, social media can be damaging, but I think we also live in a time where if you don't have the, if you have zero community around you to support you mm-hmm. and your authentic self, you have more than enough online. It gets better. It does get better. It really does. I don't know if you all feel that way, but I feel that way. I yeah, do. It's getting better. <laughs> I was thinking about that not long ago where I was like, I had some, so many moments of just like deep sadness and like trying to figure myself out. And I was feeling, I was at a battle with myself and the, not long ago, I was like, I'm so happy. Like I'm so queer <laughs> and so happy. 
I just want the pandemic to be over. (laughs) I want the pandemic to be over because like I can relate to Chelsea where I'm like, I need to just go out and try and like date people and meet people because I'm just feeling like the most comfortable I have in like the past 10 years. We just wanted to say, guys, thank you so much for talking to us. We honestly, like, I don't know really anyone who lives where you guys live. So it's so cool to like get your perspective. It's always cool to hear like other queer people's stories in general. Um, And also you guys are just hilarious and like the best besties ever. Yeah. Like your dynamic totally reminds me of Sarah and I. So when we all get together, when we can actually do this, it's going to be a time. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited. (laughs) We love that. (laughs) Yeah, we're very chatty. Actually, we wanted to ask you guys uh, to give your podcast a shout out. You guys have a podcast. It's called The Catch Up. Yes, we do. Yeah, we we started out (laughs) wanting our podcast to be about how crazy our lives are. And how crazy we are, really. Well, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same. And, like, the, the journey to get here has been, I'm sure you guys, I would love to hear y'all's background, because I feel like we are kindred spirits in a lot of ways, and I, I feel like we relate on a lot of stories. I feel like you guys have also had maybe some, like, crazy things happen to you as well, and um, I would, oh, yeah. I'm very interested to pick your brain about that, but it's like, when we, our backgrounds are literally crazy, crazy, crazy. So when we started, we wanted to make that like the focus, but then we realized we have to focus on something else. What's actually important to us. And it is our work. And and like I said, we want to be more inclusive with LGBTQ plus community here and make Mm -hmm. it a priority. Yeah. uh, How can people watch your stuff? Like follow you on Instagram, like drop, drop the handles. So on YouTube, it's the catch up podcast. And then on Instagram, it's catch up underscore podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Catch up underscore podcast. Yep. We post a lot of, we are comedians. We are actors at heart. So we post, we try to post a lot of that kind of content. We'd eventually love to do skits and uh, improv games with like people, guests and people we do the show with. So if you ever want to try something out, ladies. Sign us up. We'll do that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. I am not an actor though. Full that, You don't have to be to enjoy improv. It's so fun. Sarah, we're so good at improv. Are you kidding? Oh my God, improv scares the shit out of me. Are you kidding? <laughs> improv, oh. to me, improv is like the most vulnerable thing you could ever do. It is vulnerable. It, it mm-hmm. is, but when it's fun to kind of let yourself loose sometimes. I'll so do it. Really- I'll do it. I'm in. Oh, oh I'm oh excited. I'm down for Yeah, this. I would love, love, love to do that with y'all. I would love it. Yeah. Oh my God. We're available. Okay. Next okay. episode, guys. Next, maybe one of our next episodes. We could have you guys on and we could do some fun stuff. Hell yeah. And thank you for like telling your stories and being so open and honest. And I just think like these stories are out here on the internet for anyone who wants them. And I just think the more stories that are told, the better and stories from different perspectives, different locations, different people. I just think like that someone's going to find value in it. Yeah. And I learned so much about like your guys' growing up in the South because it was so different, you know, like living in somewhere that's such more like or so much more liberal and the mindset is different. Like I was, it's shocking. And I just think you're both very yeah. strong and I love that you stand up for what you believe in. Thank oh, you. I'll send to you guys. Yeah, we love you all yeah. so much. We love you too. I love this energy so much. <laughs> so do I. I know when we get together, it's going to be mayhem. Oh yeah. Everybody watch out. <laughs> you know what? Play better watch out. I'm going to, play is going to be the first oh. place I hit up. Oh, Persis yeah. is calling out play. 
Oh, listen, <laughs> listen, I have, no. like I said, Jenna, and I have a few friends who would literally live and die to have, take you to your first experience to play. You will die and then come back to life. It's like, <laughs> you will have, I guarantee you a good time. Then we can go wait. to Lipstick Lounge and end the night. Yes. Okay, guys, we love you so much. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you for taking the time. And we cannot wait for everyone to hear this combo and to hopefully talk again very, very soon. Very soon. Thank you so much. We love you. Okay, Sarah, are you ready to get into our In Case You Missed It? Yes, I'm very ready. So, for anyone who's new to this episode or maybe just came across girl on girl in your uh in your day today and you you've made it this far in case you missed it is a fun segment where sarah and i like to talk about some pop culture moments that are usually significant to the queer community and this is something i've been very excited to talk about because it's very recent very recent i mean when this episode comes out i hope it's still recent but um yeah, you were very, Purse was sending me screenshots on screenshots when she discovered this article, and it's about someone very near and dear to her heart. So I will let you take this one away, girl. You got it. I will. And Sarah, you know, it's a thing when like, I'm not even kidding. Three people texted me saying, it's your time. Purses, it's your time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, that's pretty much the case. And you'll all see what we're talking about in three, two, one go. (laughs) So everyone, listeners, I want to talk about my girl, Demi Lovato. (laughs) Why is there a drum roll? Because it's an announcement. Okay. I like it. So Demi got real candid in the March issue of Glamour magazine. And basically what she's saying is that when her engagement ended to, you know, the actor Max Eric, who a bunch of us probably remember, um those beach photos of him getting uh him crying on the beach the i feel like uh, it's possible that most people don't remember but um wait crying on the beach yeah it was a big thing max eric was like he hired paparazzi to take pictures of him crying on the beach wait what okay sorry when you first said that i was thinking about the the engagement photos of him and demi lovato on the beach oh. but this is is this something totally different yeah so um yeah I should have framed that better. So Demi and Max had taken their engagement photos on the beach in Malibu. Okay. How do you know where it was? It's, it's, it's known into the world. <laughs> I'm not crazy, okay? It's common knowledge. It is. Um, so when Latitude, four or five degrees west and longitude. Listen, I'm not crazy. I'm pretty sure they said somewhere in the world it was in Malibu. Continue. So... Yeah, sorry, I should have framed that better. But um, so they took their engagement photos in Malibu. But when the engagement ended, there was like these photos of Max Eric floating around on the internet. And there was a bunch of memes of him crying in this exact same location. Like, sorry, when you said floating around on the internet, I thought you were going to say floating around in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they were floating in the ocean in Malibu. I'm just picturing him like reeling from his engagement ending, like floating, floating face up in the ocean. (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny to me right now. That would have been better. That would have been much better. Sorry. So what actually happened? He just, he started crying. So he's clearly devastated and wants the world to know. Yes. Hmm. But anyway, 
Demi actually said when her engagement to Max ended, she started really embracing her sexuality and it provided her a sense of relief and allowed her to become more herself. So I'm going to go into what she said. She goes, when I started getting older, I realized how queer I really am. This past year, I was engaged to a man and when it didn't work out, I was like, this is a huge sign. I thought I was going to spend my life with someone. Now that I wasn't going to, I felt this sense of relief that I could live my truth. And at this point in her life, Demi considers herself to be really queer and too queer to be with a cis man. She also went on to say, I hooked up with a girl and was like, I like this a lot more. It felt better. It felt right. Some of the guys I was hanging out with, when it would come time to be sexual or intimate, I would have this kind of visceral reaction. Like, I just don't want to put my mouth there. And it wasn't even based on the person it was with. I just found myself really appreciating the friendships of those people more than the romance. And I didn't want the romance from anybody of the opposite sex. Hmm. I'm following my healer's timeline and that I'm using this time to really study and educate myself on my journey and what I'm preparing to do. And part of that journey, Demi says, is learning to trust herself and her intuition because she thinks that she's in her past dating history has just like ignored red flags like mm-hmm. like crazy and um yeah personally for me i found the story like very interesting because everything demi said in that article i related to personally and mm. i was like she took the words out of my mouth and i think that's why i freaked out and started like <laughs> sending links to everyone on my <laughs> contacts list <laughs> yeah and i think it's because this is the first time i've really heard someone say what I felt and someone with such a big platform and as someone as, you know, big as Demi Lovato, literally saying like, yeah, I'm too queer to be with a man. And when I've been in sexual situations with these men, like my body was kind of having like a reaction where I was like, something seems, something seems up. And I was like, I don't know. I just haven't really heard someone say something that vulnerable and so open. I, that's very open to say that. That was the first thing I thought when I when I saw the quotes and I read the article was like I've I don't think I've ever read an article like this. I don't think I've ever heard someone as famous as Demi with such a platform like she has talking in this way about being queer. And maybe that's because too these conversations are just coming to be mainstream. Like they in the last few years is is when it's becoming these conversations are just becoming a bit more um they're just being had more, basically. I feel like it was very nuanced. Whereas mm-hmm. like in the past, celebrities talking about being gay or coming out or whatever it is, was always a bit more like black and white, I found. Like if it was a coming out story, like I'm gay or I'm bi. But this felt very, yeah, I guess nuanced is the best word. It was, it, and I, that was what I thought when I first read it. And I didn't even think about it being, um, a story that you would relate to so much. Like I didn't even think about that level of it, that she was taking the words out of your mouth. It was more so like, I've never heard a celebrity talk like this ever, let alone telling Persis a story, basically. She was. And, and the thing is, is like over the past year when I really came more to terms with my queerness and being like, this is exactly how I feel, just hearing her say that almost gave me a sense of like, Oh, this feels nice. Cause even though I know I'm so, I'm so confident in myself and my sexuality, Sarah, as you know, like Mm -hmm. for the past year, but it's just that other, like, 
Oh yeah. Okay. I get it. And I love how someone who I also like adore so much is saying she feels that and I'm here for it. I'm here for whatever she, if this is how she feels and this is her story, good for you. And thank you for being so open about where you are at, at this like moment in your life right now. Well, I think no matter how confident you are in yourself, feeling validated by someone else, that feeling never goes away. That amazing feeling of like someone understands me. Like Persis doesn't just like Demi. Persis loves Demi Lovato, has loved her for as long as I've known Persis. Demi was your sexual awakening in the Give Your Heart a Break video. Like this is someone who you've basically crushed on for like 15 years who's who's saying in a magazine the exact things you felt in your life. Like I can't imagine anything more validating to be honest. Um, And I also think that just points to why these stories are so important and why they need to be told and why I feel like, I mean, we're going to get into some of the comments that the public had about this, but I feel like it's so easy to be like, why is she saying this in a magazine? Like, why does she need to to talk about this? And it's for this exact reason right here, Persis feels completely validated by this. She feels related to, she feels understood. She feels even more confident in her own, in her own sexuality, in her own life. Like there's only benefits that can come from that. And there's so many things that she's gotten into about like her even cutting her hair and shaving her head is that she said like, you know, for such a long portion of her life, she thought like she needed to show off this femininity and it just never really fit with her and her hair kind of told that story. Like for so many so years. So interesting. For so many years, Demi had really, really long hair and she, she that was like her identity. She's like, I looked like very feminine presenting, but that just didn't feel like it was her until she she said, actually, it was in like the 2015, 2014 era. I remember when she actually shaved half her head and she had like bright pink hair and she was in um, a hetero relationship at the time with uh, Wilmer. She was dating Wilmer Valderrama, but people would say, and she commented on this recently, like she was getting so much hate for her hair and people saying like, oh, you don't look good anymore. Like, why would you do that? Like you were so pretty before. And that really hurt her because she felt like she was showing a side of herself that felt more authentic to her, which even at the time meant, oh yeah, I'm going to shave half my head. The same thing happened to Miley Cyrus when she cut off her hair and she dyed it blonde. The, the whole world had like a, an episode and like, I think that is a problem that queer people have to face, but it's also a problem that women in general have to face. Everything we do with our body and the way we look is going to be judged no matter what we do. But I think that is set. I'm so, I'm so glad she brought that up. What an interesting point. Mm-hmm. So I do want to get into some of the comments because I wasn't expecting this when I was actually doing my own little research for this topic because I knew we were going to talk about it on the podcast. My take on the article was like, I was so excited personally. And then sometimes I forget that the world thinks differently. So, (laughs) and mind you- because you're so pure at heart. Yeah. And she's my wife, so- So you wouldn't think anything bad of her ever. (laughs) So I went on to YouTube and I was watching this video off of ET Canada, which I was surprised these were coming off of like an ET Canada publication. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to read some of these comments just to, for, for the audience. Someone goes, this generation sucks. Why is it so hard to say I'm bisexual? Stop confusing people. Someone else said, I, oh my God. I hate that oral sex has become such an almost requirement now that people feel they must be gay if they don't want to put their mouth there. 
Oh my God. Okay. This one goes. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. So we shouldn't think this is yet just another attempt at seeking attention. Is she holding back the news of who she is sexually for a time when she's not in the tabloids and needs to reach out for attention when she needs an excuse to have people talking about her? Isn't that what she always does? She's saving this announcement for a rainy day. Shake my head. Someone you goes, shake your head, sir. You continue shaking your head. Everyone wants to be gay or what? I mean, yeah. <laughs> she craves attention. Wilmer and his fiance had a baby. People are talking about Britney. Billy is always in the news. And Demi wants to be a part of it. Oh, God. I think it's interesting they would put all of those celebrities in one comment. This is just entertainment. Like, I don't know what you mean. Like, Demi's being like, nah, they're in the news, so I want to be in the news. Like, what do you say? What are you saying? Well, I think it's more than that. I think it's like what we were just talking about where when people come out publicly or when they talk about queerness publicly, there is always going to be a group of comments in the comment section saying that that person just wants attention. And it's exactly what we were just saying. It's not about attention. It's not about publicity. It's about people like Persis who are listening, who are reading, who are watching and getting so validated by her story and feeling so, so um, understood by her story. What I'm saying is I think people get so caught up in the celebrity of it and they're not thinking about Persis. They're not thinking about that girl in her bedroom reading this article, feeling loved and feeling like, like heard. And Persis is one of God knows how many who maybe heard this for the first time. There was literally an episode you and I talked about, I think second episode or, or something, some, somewhere down the line where I was saying, this is how I felt about men. And that's why I was confusing my feelings so much. Yeah, exactly. It's a very unique story that you just happen to relate to. I mean, how amazing is that? And it reminds me exactly of the Glennon Doyle story. People were saying mm-hmm. she was faking it. Was she mm-hmm. faking being straight? Because wow, she was married for 10 years and now she's fallen in love with a woman. Like, and yeah, and even Chelsea's story that we just heard on this episode saying how her friend of seven years who always seemed supportive and never seemed homophobic, as soon as Chelsea really did come out publicly for the first time, it was clear that her friend thought the whole thing was a phase. And (laughs) I'm sure that's wrapped up in the fact that Chelsea also dated men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's always what it is genuinely like that that's what i think it is and because i'd even heard um someone i i really like wish i could remember who it was but after i watched demi lovato's simply complicated documentary like four years ago where she said i'm on a dating app with both men and women and that's where she was addressing it someone said like i don't know how bi demi is because she's only been dating men and i've only seen her date men and i told that person i was like you can't say we don't know Demi Lovato like that. And also publicly dating men. If she's saying she's also interested in women, why would you only say, I don't know how bi she really is because she's dated men. So it must be, it must be like if she's experimenting. Once again, like the labels are coming into play here. It, well, she doesn't seem bi. Maybe she's not bi. Maybe she's just lesbian. Or no, maybe she's pan. Or maybe she like just trying to force her into a word and just like, just let her let her be whatever she is just let her be man let her be 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 whisper thank you but thank you very much i i guess all i have to say is i think we should just allow people to 
be who they want to be. And this, and like you said, we, why are we always like looking out for the negativity? This person said this because she clearly wants attention. Isn't she attention seeking? She wants attention. I mean, it's easier in the comment sections. I wonder if they'd say that to her face if they saw her, if they saw her on the street. They wouldn't. No, they definitely wouldn't. Okay, P, I love you so much. I love you too. Audience, stay tuned for some more collabs because we have some coming down the pipeline. Yes, many more coming. We're super excited about it. And um, thank you, Chelsea and Abby, for talking to us um, and sharing your stories and being so vulnerable. Yes, we really appreciate it. And don't forget to support them. Go check out their podcast.